0: Jess Messen Broadcast is hosted by Jess Fole, a visual artist from Baltimore, Maryland. Jess invites those who've inspired her to recount their tales of becoming professional artists and creators. Through sharing memories and stories, Jess and her guests relive experiences, discuss new projects, and foster new ideas, all while making sense of this crazy pop culture world we live in. Tune in weekly for a variety of guests ranging from musicians, designers, artists, and entrepreneurs who are actively creating the world around us. And now, it's time for Jess Messen Broadcast with Jess Fole.
1: Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Jess full coming to you live, um, actually, today from my mom's house, which is kind of dope because she's got all that fancy Internet and everything, so I'm hoping it's not quite as dramatic as it normally is. Maybe this will be, like, the first show that we don't have any issues with. So let's start the new year off right. Happy 2019 to all. Welcome to Jess Messon Broadcast on Lions Radio Network. Um, today I have a super fun guest. Uh, super accomplished um, drummer, producer, composer, vocalist, and educator, Gintis Sanis. I can't ever fucking do that, but I just, we call you Gintis. Like everybody knows you as Gintis. It's fine. That's like how I am. That's why we just go by Jess. We were talking about it earlier. So here's a little rundown on Gintis. I know like you just get used to it. Um <laughs> he's such a charmer Um, known for his undeniable swing and groove, extreme versatility and innovative conceptual approach to his interests. Instrument Gintis is an acclaimed drummer, producer, composer, vocalist, and educator who is highly sought after for the unique creativity and presence he brings into any musical environment. In a career spanning 20 years, he has toured and recorded across six continents and worked with some of the most legendary and iconic musicians, groups, and producers of modern music. To date, he's appeared on over 40 recordings. Since moving to New York City in the mid-'90s to further pursue his professional career, Gintis has experienced a working schedule, Schedule that has seen him performing, touring, recording, and/or collaborating with incredibly diverse range of artists, including Eminem, Carlos Santana, Wu-Tang Clan, Erica Badu, and many others. And I shortened that list like so much because <laughs> I put the long I put the long list up on Facebook. So I was like, that's going to take up the whole show if I just read all that, <laughs> um, which is so cool. I'm so proud of you. Um, as an auspicious Thanks. start to his recording career in 1997, Gintis received a UK gold record for his performance on the alternate hit single "Free" from the album *Situation Critical*. While Continuously cultivating his performing career as a drummer over the last 20 years, Gintis has also simultaneously diversified his musical talents into the realms of music production, engineering, composing, and singing. Examples of this include composing, arranging, producing, engineering, and mixing tracks for Wu-Tang Klang and C.E. Garcia's Starkiller album, Composing and Working, excuse me, composing and production work for various TV and film projects, as well as co-producing and editing the first Bandit 65 recording. Gintis is also a founding member, drummer, and background go- vocalist for Brooklyn-based soul R&B hip-hop group and production team, The Revelations, with current concentration on Bandit 65, with guitarist Kurt Rosenwinkel and guitarist-producer Tim Mozer. Welcome, Gintis.
0: Thank you, Jess. Thanks for having me. No problem, man. Sounds like you've been a little busy. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, you can't let the grass grow under my feet. You know, <laughs> I got, no. I've got got a lot of uh, things that I want to accomplish, and uh, you know, obviously, uh, a lot of different interests within music. So, you know, it uh, it definitely keeps me busy.
1: Yeah, that's how I feel about my art, too. Like, everyone, I've never really quite understood, like, artists that just produce, like, the same style of work over and over again. I don't think that way. So I really identify with fellow artists like you that, like, go into your craft and into your genre and then explore all the things that you can do within that. Like, to me, just really, like, rounds out a very cool artist. So right, tell me about how music happened for you like walk us through briefly like kind of when you were a kid when you discovered music your music education and your background and kind of tell our listeners how you um got that all rolling
0: um well um i uh i i can't remember a time in my life uh when you know music wasn't around my my uh dad was a record collector and um, my parents were not professional musicians, but were both very into music and you know uh the arts and 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 culture in general um but yeah i you know I just had this attraction to 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 music uh even before I was you know big enough to play an instrument um uh, my parents you know all would say that i anytime they put on specific pieces of music uh you know i would you know start kicking or 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 you know responding very obviously to it um and then uh i i i got started uh actually playing music uh very young at around four uh with suzuki violin uh and i studied that at the wisconsin conservatory of music um for a couple of years but then i, I remember going to a, a a party with my parents and there was a live band playing and that was the first time i saw a drum set in front of me and it was just this instant connection where I just felt like I, I need to do this. I need to figure out how to do this. What is that
1: sparkling glorious instrument in front of me? That's for me.
0: Yeah, basically. (laughs) And, uh, and luckily, you know, my, my, my parents were super supportive, uh, of it. Um, you know, again, them not being professional musicians themselves, I think it was, uh, a a little, uh, shocking for them to have a kid that was so into something from such an early age, but, right. um, they were, they were very supportive. So, you know, I, I started playing drums when I was about five or six. Um, well probably five really. I destroyed two toy drum sets and then, uh, actually got a, uh, my first, uh, <laughs> you know, kind of uh cheap import Taiwanese kit back in the, you know, late seventies, early eighties. Um, but uh, yeah, it, so basically, you know, from then on, uh, um, my parents, you know, were cool with me uh, studying drums and percussion, but they also wanted me to learn a tonal instrument. Uh, so a really smart thing that they had me do was actually to start taking piano lessons at the same time that I started taking drum lessons. Um, and then, you know through throughout you know grade school and junior high and high school I, I did you know a, a lot of the typical things where I was involved in all the music programs in my school um, I you know went to music camps during in, in you know in the summer I was studying mm-hmm. privately with with a couple of teachers you know during the year the rest of the time um, and yeah that I, I basically through some random connections uh, got my first professional gigs playing with, you know, adult musicians in a, in a you know, nightclub uh, setting when I was 14. Uh, so I basically started playing out live professionally around the age of 14, 15. Uh, I mean, not, you know, not supporting myself, but actually, you know, yeah. playing out in clubs and real venues and, and, you know, um, yeah. So it, it's, it's one of those things where I feel very lucky and blessed that I, you know, ha- have had that in my life and it's just been a matter of, of, you know, working as hard as I can to improve my skills and to be able to convey, you know, what I'm trying to creatively. Um, But, yeah, it's not like I had to do a whole lot of searching for it. Um, uh, It was just a matter of pursuing. Yeah, we have a – that's been, like, a
1: common thing um, with the guests on on my show since we started this, that, you know, it's a lot of self-starters in the sense that, I'm a self-starter, like, I was attracted to art, I went to school for business, and then I ended up an artist anyway, you know, and you take right. notice of those things when you're a kid, and then, you know, even, like, when you start putting yourself in the environments at a young age, like, I was at I was at artistic trade shows and stuff when I was, you know, the age you're talking about, like 10, 11, 12, 13, you know, and you know that you take that in and then it's all of a sudden, like the moment you get into your adult life, like your foot hits the ground and you're like, I'm going to try this. And there really isn't, I mean, at least for me with my art, like it came back around to me as kind of like not an option, you know, like I was like, all right, here we go.
0: Um, And never
1: looked back really. You know, like yeah. it was like, well, this is, this is what I'm doing, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I feel like at, at some point there has to be that full commitment, um, you know, whether like in your case where you studied business, but then when, you know, came back to art, uh, you know, I'm sure at a certain point you realize like, if I'm going to do this, I, you know, I have to be all in. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's just, also, I think it gets to a point too that it's like at least for me the the when I just dis- discovered that it was this is your chance, do or die, you know the opportunities were coming so fast and on a very large scale that for me to continue working full time, which is what I was doing to support my art, and also um you know, making the art wasn't really a possibility because the art was suffering, you know, and it was like, if I'm right. going to roll with this and put this out, this stuff is kind of like, it's got to be Mac daddy. It's got to be the best I can do, you know? And right. the only way you can do that is if you're focusing full time. I mean, it's just it Yeah, impossible. because it,
0: it, it, it takes, it, it takes <laughs> all of your time and energy what, you know, I, I think what a, what a lot of people don't uh, understand if they don't have a, you know, a background in, you know, the art world or being a creator or whatever, they don't understand that it's not just like a regular job that you can check in and out of it. No. You know, you're mm. it's, it's a, it's a 24 uh, yeah. seven existence because there's all, you know, even if you don't have something on the books, there's always something that you need to work on or something that needs, you know, to get done. Um. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I, I mean, I pursued, you know, what I'm doing um, in terms of education too, because I realized at a, a pretty early point that for what I wanted to do, which was not just, you know, play in, in bands or whatever, I, I wanted to become, you know, uh, you know, a world-class level musician that could play in, in any kind of, uh, you know, uh, situation and and make it work. And mm-hmm. I realized too that, um, you know, it was, it would, it was definitely necessary for me to have, you know, to go down that track in terms of like education and not, you know, thinking about trying to do something else and then balancing it. Uh, right. But, um. but yeah, I mean, it, you know, everybody gets to it in different, you know, in, in through different routes. Um. But yeah. Yeah. That's it, a common yeah, yeah, that, story.
1: Like, Weintraub said that he was like, you know, cause I, he was our, my first guest and I asked him, I was like, you know, what is your, like give us a timeline or like an algorithm to become an artist. He goes, Oh, that's the fun part. There is none because there's no two right. stories that are the same and you can't like compare yourself to somebody else and say, why am I not there? Or you know what I mean? Like, or yeah. else you'll just go crazy. <laughs>
0: Yeah, but it's, you know, it happens, it happens to everybody, I'm sure, you know, I mean, I've definitely done that, I'm sure you have, and and, and any other person, because it's part part of the search, too, because, you know, you you want to get to the point where you're able to do the best work that you can and have it be sustainable, and um, everything, but yeah, it's, you know, it's all about carving our own path, and even, you know, even now, especially with, like, how the music industry has drastically changed over the last, you know, 20 years, um, and everything that comes with that, um, you know, all the, the, the great world class musicians that I'm friends and colleagues with, you know, here in New York, for example, you know, everybody still has to have their hustle on and is doing every little bit, you know, you know, this gig here, this thing there, you know, um, and, and basically, you know, having to diversify, you know, to, to be able to try to make a living.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's definitely, I think, one thing that breaks, like, professional artists apart, and we talk about it a lot, too. It's like, you know, at the end of all these interviews, you pretty much walk away with this, like, idea that everyone has worked really hard. Like, it's not go to your office, like you said, punch in at nine, punch out at five, and leave your work at the door. It's 24-7 constant all the time. And it's also using that creativity to spearhead new opportunities for yourself. You know, like I don't really wait for opportunities to come to me. I create them, and that's how I continue to make money. You know, so, like, if I don't do I think that that's and a I –
0: really, I think that's a really super valid point, especially I think for all the creative mediums um, in our – you know the our current culture and our current you know climate in the world um i, I think that's really important like a uh, really famous guitar player and producer david torn um was uh talking with a mutual uh friend of mine um and uh actually tim Motzer from bandit 65 and you know he was saying to Tim, he's, he said, you know, even for me, for ev- with everything I've done, whatever, I go out and I create my own opportunity. I'm not yeah. waiting around for, you know, people to call me based on my reputation or what I've done.
1: Yeah, and you know, creating like, opportunity, just to be clear, isn't going online and applying for, like, something like, you know, like, the whole concept of I'm going to go online and submit my idea or I'm going to submit my music or I'm going to submit my mural. Like, that's not how this works. <laughs> like, good luck yeah. ever hearing back from
0: that. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, that's that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about, like, no. literally going and, like, I mean, like, I create. I've created a good amount of my own projects that have in turn, you know, then paid me. Like someone's like, Oh, that's a really good idea. We should do that. And that's kind of what I think of myself. Like beyond an artist is more of like an ideasman. like an ideas woman, yeah. you know? All Definitely. right. Tell us and about, the... go ahead.
0: Oh no, no, no. Go ahead.
1: I wanted to hear about, um, you know, kind of you moving into New York and that whole experience and getting together with some of these bigger, like, hip-hop, funk, musicians, soul, r and B. I I mean, cause that's so my jam. I'm, like, mad envious in such a positive way. Like, I just love it. So I want to hear a story.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, I'm going back to, you know, my education. Um, you know, I knew by the time I was in high school after the first time that I'd been to New York that, you know, uh, and especially because I'm a jazz musician by background um, and, you know, I, I still am, you know, con- I consider myself a jazz musician uh, primarily, but as, you know, not in the traditional sense, but in terms of uh, having that background, but then being able yeah, to... Yeah, fundamentals. You know, yeah, yeah, and being able to to use to use those skills in whatever kind of genre or context. Um, so, you know, and, and this is also based on, you know, like what, you know, the, the history of what had happened in New York and, and whatever, I, I had always gravitated more wanting to come to New York more than let's say like Los Angeles or something. So I ended up going to school in Boston at the Berkeley college of music because, you know, it's, you know, really famous modern music school <laughs> and, and, and I knew that it, it would be a way for me, especially coming from the Midwest, from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, where I'm from originally, I, you know, I needed a, to to get a way in and also get the best education that I felt that I could. And sure. um, so Berkeley was like my stepping stone to getting to New York because, you know, I moved to New York without having a big gig. Um, but within, you know, six months, I was. You know able to pay my rent um because there was such a crazy vibrant club scene happening and i could work you know six seven nights a week um mm. if i wanted to and in terms of like all these these different artists that that you know that i've worked with um you know it's you know it's it's just like in life where you you do good work and you meet people connections and you vibe with people and things snowball. You know, like, I, I couldn't tell you specifically, like, I mean, I guess, like, with Erica Badu, for example, I got to work with her in the studio because of Bilal, and I was mm-hmm. uh, his his drummer when he, uh, he had his first album out on Interscope uh, back in, God, what is it, 2000, 2000 or 2001? Um, so there was that direct connection, but for a lot of the other you know, credits. It's, it's just you know, the whole like years of networking and working with people and and building your reputation and people you know people getting to know what your skills are. Um, yeah, you, you know, those kind of things happen. I don't think there's you know, and I think anybody else in my position too would say the same thing. There's there's no like direct path that you can draw. It's just a culmination of all the the work that you do and all the different people that, that hear it or get exposed to it and and you know, the experiences that you get to have because of that.
1: Okay. So let's talk about networking because you and, I mean, I'm a networking whore. I love PR. Like I'm all about it and I'm all about self-selling and I'm a huge advocate for artists to, if, that's like a weak area for you where you're not comfortable in putting yourself out there or whatever like there's so many different things that you can do to get better at it and I personally feel like it's monumental in garnering creative
0: success so it it, well uh, yeah I mean I think well I think it well if you're I mean you have to have good work don't get me wrong Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Cre- creative success to me, if you use that term, I-, I think of that as producing the best work that you can, um, you know, and, and fair, that's but, totally you know, valid. Versus, Maybe professional you know, creative versus, success. well, right. Professional success. Um, yeah. And yeah, I, you know, it's funny, like what we were talking about before the, you know, um, the show actually started in terms of dealing with social media and stuff. Uh, you know, that stuff is a necessary evil for me. Um, I mean, I think it's great because it keeps people in the music uh, business that know each other, uh, it, you know, it keeps people connected in a, in a certain way. Um, but, you know, I would be the first to say that I don't enjoy doing that stuff, so I'm probably not as strong as some people are in terms of doing that self-promotion thing. Um,
1: but do you think, I, you really, know, that networking is online based because for me you know my days of even like in new york city and then when i moved back home to baltimore because you know when i grew up in baltimore i grew up in one circle and then when i moved to new york and came back that was not necessarily the circle that was going to be all about me being a weirdo artist you know so i had to kind of flourish new relationships and i did that in person you know that wasn't something that i did
0: No, no no I'm I'm not saying that the networking yeah. is based online I, in I'm just saying that that presence is there and it's a way that like musicians find out about each other's gigs and you know you know in some cases you know it can feel like you know people are bragging uh because they're only posting like hey I'm doing all this awesome stuff all the time and blah 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 which is great and and fine but you know that that's the thing like I you know I try to deal with this stuff uh as little as possible, so that I can devote the most time to actually creating and making music and working on my crap. But my brother, my working, brother,
1: thank you for that.
0: Because yeah. like
1: I'm like, dudes, your like your curation of your Instagram is not art. Like, I mean, I get it. I guess we can say it is, or like whatever. But it's really like, what are you creating at the end of the day that's sustainable? Nothing.
0: Right. Really. Right. And, and you know, in terms of like, you know, um, networking in person, of course, I mean, that's that's the whole thing. And that's what I feel like is, you know, a little sad because of just how technology has evolved and, and what's happened culturally in and, and all kinds of big cities in the U.S., but especially in New York, is you have less places where people are actually interacting in person. And mm-hmm. the more of their connection is you know, you know, if it's not somebody that you're, you know, regularly seeing or working with or whatever, sometimes like that, you know, that online presence is like your only connection to, to these other people. So it's, yeah. it's weird because, you know, and, and that's why when I'm not working, I mean, I try to, you know, take advantage of the fact that I I, I live in New York city, which is still obviously like one of the greatest music cities in the world, if, if not the, um, you know, if I'm not working myself and there are, artists that I I really want to see or or friends of mine that are playing that are doing good work like you know I try to get out there and and you know support you know support that and get inspired by other people's work and you know it's so funny too there are times when uh, you know just going out to a a show of of, you know people that I know uh, or, or an artist or something that I have some kind of connection with it'll be amazing just you know hanging out you start talking to a few people and all of a sudden you have two potential new projects that are happening, you know? That's so totally it, this, it. That's
1: totally it.
0: You know, cause like yeah, that's how so. it
1: jumped off for me, you know, like really communicating with people about ideas and not being like fearful of that. And also like, I'm not a person that's like, even though it's not my idea or even though it's not something I'm not, like I'm not already doing it. Like it, it's out of my comfort zone. I've never done something like that before, but like, I'm, cool with it i'm intrigued i'll try for sure you know like and i think that's what really fosters cool relationships in the creative world like a having the balls to say yeah let's explore this further and then you know also like the honesty that comes in that and then if it's not this project it could be the next one you know
0: totally and and, i mean that's like you know again it's like um a reflection again of uh why i wanted to move to new york and and you know the environment that it still has where you know you you go out to see some great music and i'm i know i'm going to run into potentially four or five people that i haven't seen in a long time and that i'd like to work with and that becomes the connection point you know so and yeah so i feel like for myself and i feel like you know i think it's important for all the musicians that are on the scene you know that we need to do that you know and continue to do that to Help support our own scene, and you know, to to make those real in-person, real-life connections, and um, yeah, you know, like like just keep the energy going, keep the keep the flywheel spinning.
1: Yeah, you know, you're the second person that you know. I talked to my buddy Jordan last week, who's this amazing musician and photographer before Christmas or whatever, and he was saying, you know, like supporting your like supporting your own is so essential in this. He's like not only for your own motivation and influence and inspiration, but also just to keep, you know, the element of what we're doing alive. And I've been really weak on that this past year. A lot of that was financial because I was putting all my money into like making this work, but or right. what money, the money I had. <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) Um, you know, and now we're here. So it's going to be fine. But that's what I had to do. And I'm really looking forward to getting back out on the scene regularly and being able to like appreciate that in a sense where I can absorb it and not be like, on edge, you know, so I agree with you. And I think, you know, you're the second person in a short amount of time that's reminded me about that. And I'm grateful because, you know, it's just, it's the way it works. It's fact, you know,
0: Right. right. Yeah, absolutely. Tell us um, about,
1: because yeah. we're already, like, you see, I told you, Gintis, like, this time, like, flies. We're already at 30 minutes. Right. Um. <laughs> so tell us real quick about some stuff that you're, like, either working on now or maybe a project that you're super proud of that we should check out or, you know, something like that. Well, I mean, one of my main uh,
0: projects performing-wise um, is uh, the group that I have with um, – Kurt Rosenwinkel and Tim Motzer, uh, Bandit 65. Um, It's a a, a really, like, such a deeply rewarding musical experience playing with those guys. I I don't know if you're familiar with Kurt, but he's one of the best, you know, jazz guitarists uh, and just musicians, you know, in in the world right now. Um, I'm not familiar, uh, but I will
1: be at, by the end of today, because I'll totally check it out. <laughs> yeah,
0: ch- definitely check him out. And and if, for anybody that wants to, you know, um, uh, search for our stuff, uh, we're, our, our our new record is just being mixed by Paul Stacey of uh, Oasis fame in London um, right now. And that's going to be coming out uh, at some point in the first half of 2019. And then we'll be, you know, touring to support that. But we've been touring internationally for the last three years already. Um, and, uh yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not even going to describe what the music's about. I'll, I'll just let, you know, uh, people search for it. Like, on, on YouTube, look for Kurt Rosenwinkel, Bandit 65. Okay. Um, but, you, but everybody should check out Kurt's music individually and also Tim Mopser's music. Uh, he's got his own record label called 1K Recordings, and he does a lot of amazing music, and he and I have uh, been touring together for over a decade with Ursula Rucker um, and also you know, have been recording and, and, and producing music together for years. Uh, so that's a that's one of my main projects. Um, uh, also, I've been working with this really uh, great new artist from Mexico City named uh, Natalia Maronkin. Um, she's an R&B soul singer um, based in, in Mexico City. But, uh, yeah, she's fantastic. Her uh, record is out. Uh her last name is spelled M A R R O N K I N. Um, Ooh, she's like part of our fam. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> last name fame. Uh, yeah. Oh, sorry, you know what? I said that wrong. M A R R O K I N. Uh, no N in the middle. But anyway, I'll post Steve, it. I'll uh,
1: post it on the on the links. for right, your show. Okay.
0: But, uh, yeah, I've been uh, doing, uh, I've been on the road with her and also doing these, like, live in-studio uh, shoots and recordings. Uh, we were, we actually um, recorded at Abbey Road in August, uh, which was the first time for me. It was a total bucket list experience, especially because uh, when we were there, it was in the middle of the 50th anniversary of the Beatles tracking the White Album. So oh, was, yeah, well, there's... that's just convenient. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That added a little gravitas to the whole situation. Yeah, you um, think? Yeah. So, um, like, do you feel so, the power? Yeah, <laughs> I definitely did. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, um, and then, uh, so yeah, um, working with her, and then uh, also have the, a new uh, duo project with my friend Leon Grunbaum. Uh, we used to have a band together called Jeans and Machines. Uh, we have a new experimental electronic project called Collider. That will be uh, coming out soon. Um, that sounds cool. Uh, yeah, the Bandcamp page for that with with uh, uh, the new record should be uh, up by the end of the month. And uh, yeah, and then just doing a bunch of other uh, different, um, you know, like session recording projects and uh, things like that. But that's, you know, those are the, the, the main things that have been keeping me busy for the last year or a couple years. <laughs> yeah,
1: it sounds like it would be enough to keep it keep the motion of the ocean. Yeah. Um, well, dude, this has been great. I haven't seen you in forever and last time we I reconnected know. I, I know. Well, I mean, I'm like a bad New York City friend now cuz like I went up for the first time to see Lettuce play. Probably like the first oh, time right. I was like in New- yeah, in New- they were at Blue Note. Like I was up there like for a night and I was like ah! I can't believe I used to live here. This is crazy, but um, no, I missed it, and I'm hoping I'm hoping to be able to like you know take some more time to be like back up in the city that helped me start all of this. And um, but Gintis and I reconnected because our mutual friend Jonah Smith auditioned for America's Got Talent, and I don't know what the story was there, but Gintus ended up being the drummer on. A D. T. with Jonah and I turned on the T V and there was Jonah and there was Gintis and I was like, What?
0: And <laughs> so
1: I messaged Gintis and I was like, dude, that's fucking cool. Like, thanks so much. And I just so enjoyed seeing you guys play like that. And Yeah, it was um, uh it was
0: an interesting experience to say the least.
1: <laughs> yeah, so yeah because like 'cause like Jonah had a good, like a drummer problem or something. And then you just were like, yo, there, I'm here for you, man. And that's
0: Yeah, it was just crazy for me. The way, it was just crazy, just, you know, really brief, crazy for me that when I went on there, I just thought I was going to be going in and playing with him or whatever. And all of a sudden when I actually saw, what they had done in terms of editing the show, all of a sudden it turns into this whole story thing. I'm like, and I'm not into any of those shows at all. I know, uh, you know, and, you know <laughs> Conceptually on a deep level. I mean, it's like a dog and pony show, but I mean, it was a great experience and, and obviously like, you know, helps get, you know, uh, you know, Jonah's cachet up and, and, you know, but uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was interesting.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I just, like, loved it because, like, they turned – and, I mean, I'm all about all things Hollyweird. Like, I think it's hysterical. And they were, like, made it into this massive dramatization, and I was just like, okay.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what they love to do for those shows, you know? That's what it's all about.
1: I know. I was like, people I don't care riveted. about Jonah. Yeah, I would <laughs> vote for them because of this. <laughs> All right, man. Well, I wish you like the best in 2019. We'll stay in touch, and you then too, Jess. Um, so we'll just catch up later. And I want to wish all our listeners a good, prosperous, safe, and happy, healthy 2019. It's gonna kick 2018's ass. We're gonna do it. We're gonna do it right. And I want to thank Intis for rearranging some stuff today to be our first guest of the new year. Really, really appreciate it. And you sound like you're doing great, bud. I'm so
0: thrilled. Hey, I'm try, try, trying to keep it moving. That's all I'm going to cop to. But thank you so much for the opportunity, and it was great great uh, to talk to you and, and get to catch up a little.
1: All right. Cool, man. Well, you have a great day. Okay. Thanks again,
0: Jenny. Bye. You
1: too. All right, for all of us here at uh, Jess Messon Broadcast on Lions Radio Network, we appreciate you listening in from all over the world. You can find us right here via the link on Blog Talk Radio, or you can find us in the archives on iHeart Radio. We will be back next week, Thursday, at noon, hopefully. I'm launching my line internationally at Atlanta America's Mart, so I'm going to hope for the best on that one. And I look forward to talking to you all then. Have a great day. Bye, all.